The UC Davis Aggies led by Walter Payton Award candidate quarterback Jake Mayer. It's going to be a heavyweight battle as two of the best quarterbacks in the FCS. The sensation number five, Trey Lance, one of the best quarterbacks in the early part of this college football season. He's ranked number one in several big-time statistical categories in the FCS, including overall passer rating. Trey Lance, the freshman, taking on Jake Mayer, the senior. It's going to be a fun one this afternoon in the Fargo Dome, and we're going to break it down for you this morning on Heard It here with Swanee. Make sure to check out our show page at 740 thefan.com and the word the word of the week in the swanee banner chronicle paper the word of the week is finish and that's not my word that's the word from bison head coach matt entz and the rest of the football team because they were unhappy they were unhappy with that fourth quarter in delaware and it's it's the best of both worlds isn't it Bison get up, build a big 33-8 lead going into the fourth quarter, are absolutely hitting on all cylinders. To that point, through the first three stanzas, they held Delaware's offense to under 100 total yards. And of those eight points that the Blue Hens had going into the fourth quarter, five of them were the result of miscues from North Dakota State special teams, a safety early in the game and a big return that led to a field goal. But the Blue Hens were gashing the Bison, that code green defense in the fourth quarter. The teams each put up two touchdowns. It was 14-14 in the fourth quarter. So the word of the week from your pal Swanee is finished because that's what the Bison need to do today against the number four ranked Aggies and their prolific offense. They like to sling it around. They want a track meet. They want some aerial fireworks. They want a 45 to 40 kind of score. And that's one of the matchups that's going to be big today. Third down. Can Code Green get off the field? Conversely, third down. Can the Bison offense keep those sticks a moving? Can they keep converting? And keeping that UC Davis offense off the field. Here is a big number, and that's what I do, brothers and sisters of Bison Nation. I bring you the biggest numbers. We're insider trading on this information, only it's legal. Sitting at uh, NDSU Team Makers lunch yesterday with just a, a wonderful, wonderful table of people talking about the game, and uh, I'm with my twin brother. He sits down first. They say, hey, you the guy that does that radio show? And I'm just a few feet away in the food line thinking, uh-oh. So that's usually one of two things. When someone says, are you the guy that does this or that, they either really, really like it or they want to give you a piece of their mind. So I was curious how Brother Swan was going to handle it yesterday. And he says, I am absolutely not responsible for any of that noise pollution you hear on the airwaves, and I kind of chuckle, and I sit down, and these guys start 
telling me they listen, they like it, they want the inside information. They say, Swanee, what are you going to say in the morning? I said, I don't know what I'm going to say in the morning yet. Because I just kind of shoot from the, the hip like a gunslinger. I prepare, folks. I prepare. I do my homework. And I bring you numbers like this. Here's a story. Ladies and gentlemen, especially those of you sitting at my table during Tea Maker's lunch. Third down conversion. Third down conversion. You want to beat the bison? You've got to drive the field. You've got to put up the points. You've got to control the time of possession. That's the formula. That does not bode well for the UC Davis Aggies because on third downs, they are 56th in the country with that vaunted, prolific offense. They are 56th in the nation through three games in converting their third downs. They're converting only 37% of their third downs. Now, what does that tell me? Tells me a couple things. One, I don't care if Tom Brady is your quarterback or Carson Wentz is your quarterback. If you're one-dimensional and you cannot run the football and you've got to throw the football 30 to 40 times a game, a defensive line is going to pin their ears back and they're going to get after you. That's what Code Green did last week against the Delaware Blue Hens. Pat Kehoe was a sitting duck. It's hunting season, baby. And Kehoe the Blue Hen was a going down. Shotgun spray. That bird was hitting, flapping around, and he fell into the slough time and time again under the avalanche of the Bison defense. And their backup quarterback, he fared a little bit better for the Blue Hens, but he was running for his life. Jake Mayer is a really good quarterback. Jake Mayer can throw the football. He can hit his passing windows. But if you're a quarterback and your eyes are looking down from your wide receivers to that surrounding pass rush, and you're getting jittery, and you're getting the happy feet, and you start hearing the footsteps, you're not converting third downs. And it's tough. It's tough to convert consistently those third and eights, those third and thirteens, those third and sevens, because when a defense knows that you're going to pass, they can prepare for it. That's why the Aggies are only converting 37% of their third downs this year. And now they're coming into the Thunderdome? And they're going to do any better against the Bison? I don't think so. That's why Vegas has this game as a 24-25 to 25 point spread. And folks are talking, well, they're the number four team in the country. They've got, they've got this high-octane offense. they got this really good quarterback. I don't care. I don't care. If you're third and long and a defense can get after you, a defense as good as North Dakota State's defense where Coach Braun and the good guys were bringing the heat, they were bringing blitzes, they were having pressure from the front four, that's going to make life tough as an offense. And if you're going three and out and punting the ball to NDSU's offense, led by Trey Lance, check this out. Through three games, the freshman from Marshall, Minnesota, the sensation has accounted for more touchdowns than he has in completions. Trey Lance has 13 total touchdowns he's been a part of, nine through the air, four that he's rushed in. He only has 10 incompletions. 
Lance leads the FCS in several categories, including passer efficiency. He's at 233.1. That's better than Jake Mayer. It's better than anybody else in the FCS. He leads the country in completion percentage. He's completing 79.6% of his passes, and he's not dinking in dunking teams where they're just throwing the little flares out of the backfield or the tight end outs or the wide receiver digs eight yards down the field. They're taking shots vertically down the field. We've seen that in every single football game. The numbers back that up because Trey Lance is second in the country in average yards per pass attempt at 11 yards per attempt. That tells you the Bison are going downfield, that they're not afraid to go vertical. Trey Lance leads the country in points responsible for both total. He's been a part of 78 points in points per game at 26 points per game. And by the way, the Bison rushing attack. The Rambos up front, Coach Blazek's guy, Zach Johnson, Volson, Shoning, Dylan Radens. Those guys are moving the pile to the tune of 317 yards per game. When you have a quarterback completing 80% of his passes, who's got more touchdowns he's responsible for than incompletions, and you're rushing the ball for 317 yards per game, How is the other team's offense going to see the field? Especially a team like Davis coming into it this weekend that is only averaging 27 and a half minutes possession per game. That's 94th in the country. Davis is one of the worst teams in America in time of possession. That is not a formula that bodes well when you play the Bison because the Bison are methodically and systematically going to take you apart. And that 7-0 to score, that 7-3 to score, pretty soon it's 14-3. to Then it's 21-3. to Then it's 24-3. to Then it's 31-10. to And you're at halftime thinking, we're trailing these guys by three touchdowns. Their defense hasn't given up three touchdowns all year. We need to start taking some shots down the field and your one-dimensional. That is exactly what North Dakota State wants, and I think things set up beautifully, absolutely beautifully for North Dakota State this afternoon. That's why the Bison are such heavy favorites against the Aggies. It's not that the Aggies are a bad football team. They made it to the national quarterfinals last December. They were leading Eastern Washington with less than a minute left in that football game. UC Davis put up a touchdown with about a minute and a half left to take a 29-28 to lead after a two-point conversion. And some guy named Eric Berrier, that quarterback from the Eagles, took his team down the field to slay the Aggies and send them home. So they're a really good football team. They've got guys that have played in some big-time games, but this is their first time in the Fargo Dome before Bison Nation, before all of you. And why do I say that? Here's why. I want you to think back to some of the playoff games in the Fargo Dome. I want you to think back to the first time Richmond was up here in 2015. 
I want you to think about when Montana State came to town, when Colgate came to town last year. The Bison came out swinging. They come out hard. They come out fast. They're physical. They're in your face. The crowd noise is loud. You can't talk to the guy next to you if you're on the opposing team offense. And all of a sudden, before you look up at the five-minute mark in the first quarter, you're down two touchdowns. That's awfully tough. If you're any opponent playing in the first time in the Fargo Dome, trying to get your bearings. So I think things are setting up pretty nice for the good guys this morning. Folks, stay tuned. We got a lot of fantastic audio cornucopia of excellence this morning. Ben Ellison, North Dakota State senior captain and tight end, was recognized as an All-State Good Works recipient, one of 22 in college football. We're going to sit down and visit with him about the Bison offense. When we come back on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan and 107.3 FM. Every week, Swanee goes one-on-one with NDSU's Playmakers, the guys who make it happen for the Bison and continue the program's tradition and excellence. These guys are the strength of the herd. North Dakota State senior tight end and team captain Ben Ellison here with us on Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, Ben Another week, another big offensive performance in Delaware. So far this season, offense seems to be hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, you know, um, I think there's a lot of confidence, a lot of guys getting um, in the game. You know, we're playing a lot of freshmen, and, and that's a good thing, you know, with the young team. So um, everybody seems to be to be doing well. You know, Trey's taking good command as, as, the, as the quarterback. Um, and it's just fun to be out there and playing with them. So. Talk about you guys, the, the crew chiefs, tight ends. A lot of touchdowns to you guys. You got coach jokes about you guys having some secret deal with Trey getting all the touchdowns. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just kind of maybe maybe it's coach role being the offense coordinator. I don't know what it is, but you know I think we're just being put in positions to make plays. And, you know we're, we're making those plays, and so um, that's all you can really ask for is just those opportunities. And so um, I'm glad it's happening though. How, how do you guys feel as a tight end group when coach Roll sends the three of you out there? Whether it's that bunch formation or spreads you out, just the matchup problems, you guys seem to be having a lot of success with Trey. I know, uh, I know, we have a couple of grins on our faces when we all come out there. You know, it's fun to be out there with the other guys in your room, and so I know, um, you know, Gindy and um, Josh Babich are big guys, big athletic guys. You know, they're going to make plays. Um, so it's and and they can move people too. You know, if we're going to run the ball or whatever it may be. Um, so it's it's fun, definitely a fun um, atmosphere. And then you got Trey. Um, throwing dimes, you know, to, to Gindorf in the back of the end zone, catches it one-handed, you know. So um, it's, it's just fun to be a part of that and, and see them um, doing so well. Holly native Ben Ellipson here with us on Herded Here with Swanee and 740 AM, the fan talk. I, I know you've been asked this question a hundred times already, but Trey comes in, a freshman, he's lights out, he's nailing passes, running the offense. Talk about his performance through the first few games this year. You know, I, I'm glad he, he got a year um, to, to hang around Easton Stick a little bit. You know, I think that, that helped him quite a bit. And just, he, he's a smart kid, you know. he's um, He picks up things very fast, you know. And so um, we've seen a lot of different um, blitzes and things like that from the defenses um, in these first three games. And so for him to, to be 
calm and collected in, in those situations, you know, is, is a good thing. Um, kind of going into the season, you know, later, and he's going to have that experience against um, different looks and things he might not have um, planned for. And so um, just his confidence, his, his, his demeanor is really, really um, good to have right now. Another high-profile opponent coming to the Fargo Dome this week in UC Davis. A lot of folks are talking about Mayer and their high-powered offense, but the Bison right now hitting on all cylinders, second in the NCAA in rushing. Talk about the offense as a unit and the success that you guys have had. Well, it's when you have the, the offensive line that we do, um, it's, it's pretty special. You know, all those guys are... Um, they're going to get some movement up front, you know, and so we, we're our run game is doing quite well, you know, and our, and our pass game is efficient as well. And so, um, just continuing to click in on those on those cylinders, all cylinders, um, and just continue to be efficient is the biggest thing we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about. You know, the, the coaches are gonna harp on us, and, and that we're gonna be telling the rest of the team. You know, we got to be efficient um, in the pass game and then physical um, in the run game. You know, the most physical team um, in the run game. And so, um, as long as we keep continue to as long as we continue to do that, I think we'll be, we'll be just fine. Coaches, whether it's a, a coach answer, a coach climbing, or any of the position, coaches talk about the importance of senior leadership, especially heading into some of these really big games. And yourself, I, I think sometimes fans might overlook, there's a pretty good-sized senior class and a lot of upperclassmen that are playing. Talk about the importance of that uh, veteran leadership to, to the young guys, especially going in to a really big game. Well, definitely with the, the Delaware game, you know, um, it was a little bit different atmosphere. There's a lot of young guys traveling, and so um, some worry about are guys going to be locked in and things like that. And I think, um, like you said, I think the, the, the seniors and the upperclassmen did a good job of handling um, those situations. They knew when to um, lock it in, in, you know, and refocus and things like that. And so um, a lot of people probably thought that, you know, we got that block um, punt blocked um, the first drive. And so... You know, I think on the sidelines, you know, a lot of those older guys and, and myself included just kind of help guys. They were like, we're, we're fine, you know, um, it's it's early in the game. You know, we're going to be we're going to be just fine. And just continuing to to have that levelness to us um, is important, especially in um, hostile environments like that. So being from just down the road in Holly, a local kid now in your senior season, talk about what being a bison means to you and your experience in the program. Um, I Well, I mean, like you said, I've, I'm from down the road, and so I've seen a little bit um, from the outside um, growing up here. Um, but when you when, when you become part of it, it's just a little bit different. You don't understand um, all the things, you know, even trying to talk to my parents about some of the things that we do and, and why we do it and stuff. It's kind of hard just because they haven't gone through it. And so um, in order to understand it fully, you have to, to, to be, to be um, a bison, and, and that's something that's pretty special, I think. Um, that's that's probably the, one of the most special things that I've I've learned is being a bison here for five years. You know, is just the way they do things and the way we do things is is different from other places, and that's going to help us um, be successful. You know, after we're done here too. What, what is a guy? You know, talking about being a bison, Ben Allison, North Dakota State senior tight end here with us on Herded Here with Swanee on 7:40 a.m. The fan, your new offensive coordinator Tyler Roll put it on for the green and yellow. Grant Olson coaching on the defensive side. What's that mean for you guys as players to know that you've got some coaches that have gone through the same things you guys have? It helps a lot with just understanding that they know the process. They know how to be successful as well. And so when you have that, you know, you know that they're going to be passionate about what they do. They're, they're back here. They want to be here um, back for their, their alma mater. And so um, that's always a good thing to have. You know, they they're 
the way that they handle themselves and, and try to teach and coach us um, with the energy and things that they have is, is pretty special and I'm um, just thankful that we have them here. How, how difficult is it Ben when you take a look Trey's completed passes to nine or ten receivers every game this year what kind of pressure do you think that puts on an opposing defense where they know they can't focus on one guy because you guys have so many weapons offensively that can hurt them? I would think it makes it hard. Um, I, I'm sure if I asked James Hendricks, you know, our safety, starting safety, he'd probably say it makes it really hard for us, you know, just because he can't focus, like you said, on on certain people. And so um, that helps us as an offense, definitely, for sure. Um, just his confidence, you know, Trey's confidence in the back there, just he, you know, he doesn't have a safety blanket quite yet, you know, or something like that. And he, he trusts the whole, everybody on the offense. It doesn't matter who's getting the ball, um, whether it's a running back in the flat or, or something like that. It, it doesn't matter. He's going to um, trust us. And so that's good. One last question for you here. Ben Ellison, tight end senior captain from Holly, Minnesota, here with us on Herd of Hero with, with Swanee. As an offense, what are some things that you guys think you need to work on? I mean, you put up a lot of points, put up a lot of yards. But we know Coach N says there's always things that uh, the group can improve on. What do you guys hope to do this weekend against Davis to, to help continue that progression? Just continuing to elevate each one of our games. You know, we've we talked about as an offense yesterday that there's a lot of us that have a lot more potential um, that let that's kind of left out there, you know, and just continuing to try to maximize that. Um, this, I mean, it's kind of a vague answer, but just, just the little things, you know, the things that don't take um, talent, you know, the effort and the um, just doing your assignment, you know, correctly, things like that, just being locked in um, each day, and, and hopefully that'll, that'll help us on Saturday. Best of luck this Saturday against UC Davis. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pretty good week for North Dakota State tight end Ben Ellefson. Earlier in the week, a school visit by members of the North Dakota State football team to Robert Asp Elementary turned into a surprise award presentation for the senior tight end who was presented with the All-State AFCA Good Works Team Trophy on Thursday, September 19th. After that interview, that's why I'm not talking with uh, Mr. Ellison about the Good Works Team Award and Recognition. He was one of 22 student-athletes named to the Good Works Team, which recognizes 11 players from the football bowl subdivision and 11 players from the football championship subdivision, Division II, Division Three, and NAIA for their leadership in local communities and overall commitment to giving back. Ellefson has been involved in local classroom reading, hospital visits, food drives, and was on the Fellowship of Christian Athletes mission trip to the Dominican Republic last spring. He says it's a special feeling to give back and see the excitement on the children's faces when he and his teammates are out in the community. So uh, another testament to this program and its place in our community and what Bison football means. And you heard him during that interview. They've got a deal under the table, man. The tight ends... The crew chiefs and Trey Lance of Trey's nine touchdown passes, seven, count them, seven are to tight ends. And as an old nine-man football tight end from the sprawling metropolis of Maddock, North Dakota, 58348, I got a smile ear to ear about that, brother. Going to those tight ends. Seven of nine touchdown passes. The other two, one coming to Cofield in the flat against the Blue Hens. Only one, only one touchdown pass between Trey Lance and his receivers. That was that first touchdown of the year. Lance to Phoenix Sproles at 
target field. I'll tell you what, though. You ask those receivers, you talk to Tyler Roll or Randy Hedberg, and they'll tell you they don't care who gets the touchdowns. Just keep that touchdown machine a running. This is Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan want to thank our sponsors, Seaberg Power Sports, Welton's Tire Service, Yonke Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking and Express. Chase Miller of 740 The Fan and Nolan Schmidt on the FCS face the nation roundtable discussing the FCS issues of the day and whether or not Bison fans are getting bored. Bison fans, are you getting bored with all this FCS success because tickets were still available? We'll tackle that question when we come back. Stay up to date with. Listen here, boys and country, as Swanee and the rest of the folks at the home ranch lasso up the good, bad, and mostly the ugly, the really ugly. Like a hard day and night of tailgating for 15 hours ugly of NDSU's opponents on the Thundering Herd cast. And you can listen to the Thundering Hurtcast anytime you want, conveniently on your tablet, iPhone, or other device. Just go to 740thefan.com, click on the podcast link, and go to the Thundering Hurtcast. We are on Apple iTunes. Search Thundering Hurtcast for free. You can get an hour, well, not quite an hour, 45 minutes. You love listening to me, right? I know my wife is out there. Libby's rolling her eyes this morning. Just love listening to me talking and bloviating for another 45 minutes about all things buys. And make sure you check out the Thundering Herdcast, talking the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I know back at the home ranch of Maddock, North Dakota, the yearly fall harvest festival, the Renaissance Festival, everyone back celebrating a few uh, groggy folks there this morning shaking off the cobwebs love the fact that they're tuning in to hear the fcs face the nation round table where we bring you the heady discussion topics and information and intellect you can't find anywhere else chase miller 740 the fan you were throwing out we asked our audience our bison fans getting bored there were still tickets available for a top five matchup against the Bison and UC Davis. And you threw out a statistic that made me say, well, that is a pretty impressive statistic. Yeah, if you go since the turn of the decade in 2010, with NDSU having home football games, this does include postseason games as well. The Bison are 75-6 and six if you include the win against North Dakota inside the Fargonum. 75-6, and six, which is kind of to my point, uh, Nolan and Swanee going, I wonder if uh, certain fans out there are going, hey, you know what? Last year they played 10 games in the Dome. This year, if you get through the regular season and you get a one or two seed and you win every game going through the semifinals you're going to get a nine games in the dome and in 2017 they went nine and zero. in 2018 they went ten and zero. there's only one year where they have two losses that was in 2016 and uh 2016 inside the dome when they went seven and two other than that it's been zero or one which i'm curious 75 and six and if you're a fan that goes through it going if they're that good which swanee said was like a 93 
percent, 93 percent winning percentage, Nolan. I don't know if you're like the common fan out there that's driving three, four hours with a family of four. By the time you go, you know, I can maybe listen on radio, watch on television, maybe get the stats via social media instead of pay, you know, $25 per ticket, whatever it might be, and come to the Fargo. I'm thinking in terms of the context of non-conference, just because we're talking about a non-conference game today against UC Davis, even though it is a top five matchup and tickets are available, I find that astonishing in its own right. But I think I look back to last year and NDSU's non-conference schedule, and it's a Cal Poly, who is a, a bottom-of-the-barrel team in the Big Sky last year. North Alabama, who was playing their first season in Division One football. Um, Delaware, who we thought was going to be a great game, but it turned out to be not such a great game. And I'm, I'm the fourth game is escaping me. What with, with their last? Uh, did they have just three non-conference games? Three last non-conference year? Yeah. last year. Yep. Yep. South Dakota State was the following week. Now, now that I'm remembering, but I mean, even in the past, you know, Delaware State. An incarnate word. Those are some teams that have come into the Fargo Dome since this run has began. And it's been, I really do believe that it's been hard for North Dakota State to get top tier teams like a UC Davis to come to the Fargo Dome because it is so challenging to play. Why would a team like a, you know, Jacksonville State, Eastern Washington, obviously Eastern Washington came here a few years ago, but, you know, why would they want to come to the Fargo Dome knowing that NDSU has only lost six games at home since 2010? And to go to your point, uh, Swanee and, and Nolan, next year they got Drake and North Carolina AT at home. Yeah. I mean, n- nothing against Drake and North Carolina A&T. is not a terrible but Drake, setup. But Dr- Drake got pounded by UND right. and SDSU by 30 points this year, if I'm not mistaken. So The, the gap, and I think part of it, guys, the, if you're the fan out there tailgating this morning, we appreciate you tuning in. But when you're playing the number four ranked team in the country and the spread is 24, 25 points, how many, how many times have we seen in the last few years the bison up by three or four touchdowns in the third quarter, and then we get the mass exodus. Folks start heading toward the exits because the game is over and they're choosing to watch the second half, whether it's at you know a Herd and Horns or a Chubbs or, or a Buffalo Rings and Things with our pal Tyler Axness on uh, uh, 790 KFGO. Mm-hmm. Folks are leaving the games, and, and I don't know if that's part of it where there's – I love this football team. It's a great product. The Bison have won seven of the last eight national championships. You have NFL-caliber talent across the board, offense, defense. You have some really strong performances and domination, but I don't know. And I, This is a conversation that has started to come up in the last few weeks with a lot of Bison fans that I know. And I know there's one side of the fence that says we need to move up. The Bison need to be FBS. Can you imagine if we had Boise State and Wyoming and Air Force, Fresno State, coming into the Fargo Dome that would light a fire those would be competitive games in the fourth quarter the other half says we love winning championships in FCS and that's one of the storylines Craig Haley at Stats FCS Craig's got an article up talking about the gap between the top few teams the North Dakota States the James Madisons and the South Dakota States and the rest of the FCS and how those teams especially the Bison especially the Bison. I don't think you can even lump James Madison in there. They've got one title. They they have gotten so much mileage off beating the Bison in the Fargo Dome in 2016. And, of course, the Bison beat them in that great championship in 2017. So, yeah, they've been really good the last four years. South Dakota State is the team that's given the Bison the most fits, the only team during this entire stretch that has beat the Bison more than once. But there's this huge gap developing. So for where I'm at is a guy that grew up in the flock, a guy that's part of this Bison Nation congregation. I am bored. I love the product. 
I love watching Trey Lance. I love watching the offensive line. I love watching new receivers like Christian Watts, Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles and Kobe Johnson at running back. But man alive, in the second half of these games, I'm getting bored and I'm complaining and I'm whining. Swanee, you're spoiled. Stop crying. It's good football. Hey, I get it. I get it. And I'm not saying, hey, I want a three-point game today where the Bison went on the last drive. I want the Bison to win by 30 points and cover the spread. But I wonder if a lot of Bison fan guys, if, if that's what the thinking is and mentality is where they just say, yeah, Bison are going to win by three or four touchdowns. Let's just watch this one at home, but we'll be there for the playoff games or homecoming, et cetera. See, but you know, we were talking off air about this, and this year it could be more applicable than anything is what if they don't win a couple games in the Fargo Dome? What if they drop a, a game to you know South Dakota or you know whoever in the Fargo Dome, and it comes down to maybe they are playing on the road you know, in the first weekend of Thanksgiving. They do play at Youngstown. At, at normal Illinois against Illinois State, at South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Those are all going to be tough games for NDSU to win. And I, I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but I'm just putting it in an applicable circumstance where what happens when the Bison don't make it to Frisco? Or what happens if they lose two or three games? What's going to be the fan reaction? I, I think it's just so interesting, the dynamic of – you know, what happens when they do happen to lose more than two games in a season, Chase, you know? And and you get kind of spoiled, too, I think, as fans, once you get this level of success to realize it wasn't too long ago when the Bison were transitioning, or even in Division Two, where where they couldn't couldn't fathom 19,000 people being in the Dome consistently. And Craig Bull, what did he do when he got here? He he was the salesman. He said, buy your tickets, buy your tickets, buy your tickets. One, he made profit off of it, too, because of the expense. But number two, he understood that, hey, if you can get people involved, people want to care. And there was a game against a top 25-ranked Cal Poly team a decade ago, but it was over deer opener. And I'm like, how is there not 19,000 people here? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's deer opener. So it was like 15,000 and change at the end of the day this is a great problem to have that anybody else in the fcs will be killing for south dakota state can't fill up half of their stadium unless they're playing a conference rival like ndsu or or usd for that matter they played long island last week and mad zimmer the argus leader said, said are you kidding me this is a team that almost beat the gophers a team that could honestly make it to frisco texas this year and this stadium's only half full then you got usd who was 0-3 who lost to houston baptist that right now i'm curious what coach nielsen feels like if they lose to northern colorado today in Greeley. you got und who's now on the verge of a top 25 if they can go out to eastern washington who's not maybe as as great as we've seen in the past so you beat a und team you beat delaware and you pound them what if you pound uc davis who is the next who, who who's the team is it south dakota state and that's it is it james madison that's it who are the teams this year in 2019 that are on the same caliber of ndsu because i think after you get to four or five and below a lot of those teams you can probably put in a bag and say on any given saturday they could win a football game and it's such a precipitous drop-off and I think that's part of the problem once you get past those top four or five teams North Dakota State could be playing and they have played the Bison are 30 and 1 30 wins in one loss in the playoffs since 2011 a lot of these playoff games especially against non-conference teams the Bison are housing them they're Mm -hmm. blowing the doors off so once you get into that that uh, 6 through 10 rank or even 10 through 25 in the top 25 there's such a big drop-off. There's such a big disparity between those teams, and it's part of it. A big part of it is a talent gap. And what it's you're right, Chase. 
as a Bison fan, it's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Any other fan base in the country, that's why, that's why they don't like me. The James Madison fans, the South Dakota State fans, every other fan base, they can't stand old Swatty because I'm slinging it like this, and they're like, he, he is such a loud-mouth jerk, such a loud-mouth jerk telling us how great the Bison are every single week. But they're they're tuning in, baby. They're listening. They can't get enough. This is Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, the fan of 107. Point three FM. Want to thank our sponsor Seberg. I suppose it's not a good idea to call yourself a loudmouth jerk and then say, "I want to thank our sponsors <laughs> for sponsoring this loudmouth jerk." Seberg Power Sports, Weldon's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance, and Aldendorf Trucking and Express. When we come back on Herded Here with Swanee, we're going to go to some sound from North Dakota State quarterback coach Randy Hedberg and UC Davis coach Dan Hawkins on the Bison offense and defense. to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? You are rolling in to another college football Saturday with your friends on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan and 107 Point three FM. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Go to podcasts. Scroll down to the Heard It Here with Swanee page, and you can catch all the highlights. The entire show you can play back. Make sure to listen to that interview with Ben Ellison and check out my podcast on 740thefan, the Thundering Herdcast with Swanee. Search on Apple iTunes, the Thundering Herdcast. Want to thank our wonderful Wonderful sponsors, Seberg Power Sports, Weldon's Tire Service, Yacht Key Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking and Express for making that possible. And I also want to throw out a special birthday wish to my guy, Luke Woodrow in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, son of my cousins, Mark and Megan. It's Luke's birthday. You know he's going to be getting after it, getting all kinds of crazy up in Devil's Lake. So happy birthday to you, buddy. And I got this really great tweet this morning, guys, from a regular listener. It's on Twitter, so you can see I'm not making this up. Exhibit A, this guy tweets at me, my daughter just woke up saying, quote, Daddy, it's Swanee time, end quote. <laughs> hey, amen, brother. I love love the fact that you guys are listening. I, I, I really do appreciate that. We're talking about the UC Davis Aggies now. We've got some sound from UC Davis head coach Dan Hawkins talking about the high flying guns slinging wheeling and dealing buys an offense and defense. Woo, boy, they're pretty darn good. Uh, they're pretty darn good in every way, shape, or form. Uh, they're still a big, strong, physical team that can run you over. They got a running quarterback. They've got a bevy of wide receivers. They do a ton of things: shift, motion, formations. They'll give you. They'll throw the whole smorgasbord up against the wall on you. You know, at the heart and soul of it, they can still punch you in the mouth and knock you off the ball. And then you've got to you've got to be able to adapt to all the other stuff. And then defensively, same way, just real structurally sound. Obviously, got a lot of great players over there, and uh, been in that system for a long time. They know what they're doing. It's tough tough to get them out of position. Uh, they're just really fun to watch. A really solid, solid football team. On the flip side of the dial for the Bison, North Dakota State quarterback coach and associate head coach Randy Hedberg is talking about the Bison. Well, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Obviously, as a as a first year starter and a 
second-year freshman. He's got a long way to go before he gets to the level that, that I think is where his ceiling's at. Uh, he's still learning. You know, he's still learning how to uh, prepare for games. Um, that's going to be an evolution, you know, as he goes through the years, the next few years. He's, he's, he's learned it from a, a very good person in Easton Stick how to prepare. It's just now you know, advancing that as he progresses in the next few years and uh, preparing each week. And I'm not just saying in practice. He's got to be spending time before practice preparing, and that's kind of what our quarterbacks do. Is uh, Besides what we do in meetings prior to practice, they are meeting themselves and uh, going through the game plan. And Great sound there from Josh Linus, the guy running the board for us today, training in new guy, Zach. We appreciate the work they're both doing and, and that's one of the things guys when I saw this Trey Lance Jake Mayer match matchup as an old football guy I thought back to the movie the program Eastern State versus Michigan the Heisman showdown Joe Kane versus Tim he could go all the way man for the Wolverines this is an early season matchup between Trey Lance and Jake Mayer where if Trey carries the day and puts together another really good performance He's all of a sudden vaulted himself toward the top of a short list for the pain discussion. And I mean, not to take anything away from what Jake Mayer's body of work is, I think that's the difference between the two. Because we can say Trey Lance has, you know, accounted for ten touchdowns in in three games, and Jake Mayer, I think, has passed for nine touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, thrown for almost a thousand yards in in three games that Davis has played in. But, you know, Trey Lance coming into this year, we didn't have that body of work that we have on Jake Mayer. Jake Mayer is a certified All-American quarterback already. So it doesn't happen so often that that an All-American quarterback of that caliber that, you know, can drop back and sling it like Jake Mayer can comes into the Fargo Dome. So I'm really interested to see how uh, he handles the noise. I mean, that's obviously a learning curve for any quarterback. But it's also, you know, the Bison secondary is pretty dang good. So I'm interested to see how he kind of goes through his progressions, goes through his reads against the Bison secondary too. Yeah, 2018 Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year. I think that tells you enough if you're your conference defensive or offensive player of the year that you have some traction. Obviously, he's going to be a guy that's going to get a look at the NFL. Randy Hebberg said earlier this week on the Jack Michael Show that the scheme that UC Davis runs is similar to maybe how an NFL system might work. So that's why you're seeing guys of UC Davis and DSU get a chance at the next level, even though they are on the FCS because it's similar formation, similar play calls to the NFL. And my biggest thing, Swanee, and I think we talked about this earlier in the week, was if I'm UC Davis, I get the ball to start the game. I hope I go down, put a field goal up, or at least bare minimum flip position because I'm going to say it again, I'm going to say it again and again. You can't chase points against the Bison. If you can play even or maybe a possession down, you're fine. But once you get two possessions down, it gets very hard to overcome. So, you know, Mayer's got to sling it. He's going to put it into some tight windows, but he can't make a mistake. If he makes a mistake once or twice, that could really put UC Davis in, in the backside. Mayer's got six passing touchdowns on the season. But to your point, Nolan, over 12,000 passing yards in his career and over 100 touchdown passes. But he's also thrown 30 picks to 102 touchdowns over his career. And and doing that against a code green defense, to me, that's one of the big matchups. Code green defense versus Jake Mayer. And talking with North Dakota State wide receivers coach Noah Pauley on the Thundering Herdcast this week, the Bison offense expects Davis to give the Bison a lot of one-on-one matchups on the outside with the receivers and jam the box like a lot of teams do with eight to nine defenders. 
How do you guys see the game unfolding this afternoon? What are you watching for? I think the big story is obviously Jake Mayer and, and their ability to spread the ball out and pass it really well. I think I, I read it was 13 different receivers have caught a, a pass from Jake Mayer this year so far for UC Davis, but it's paramount. I'm telling you guys, it's paramount for UC Davis to establish some sort of run game against NDSU. Yeah, and it's I'm, paramount. And I'm going to look at the same thing. I'm going to look at the front four for NDSU. You know, mm-hmm. if they're going to bring as much pressure as they did against Delaware and they can try to fluster Jake Mayer and we'll really see how good the wheels maybe of Jake Mayer are going to be, if the front four can get home without blitzing, then all of a sudden you can put seven in coverage and say pick your poison. But if they can't get home, then Matt Ence is going to have to come out with some blitz packages for Coach Braun and company that maybe we saw last week against Delaware. So if the Karches of the world can get in and start making sacks or at least you know getting Mayer to the ground, I think that's going to be key in this game. Final scores, what do you got? I'm going to have Chase go first because I don't want to take a 38. Oh, that's right. Price right. is the right, right. style. Uh, One dollar. Uh, let's go 38. That seems to be a good <laughs> number, right? Uh, I'll go 38 to uh, – I'm not going to say – I'm 38-17 if they cover the spread, 38-13 if they go. I'm going to go 38-13. I'm going to say I'm going to say two field goals and a touchdown for UC Davis, so 38-13 Bison. I think that 25-and-a-half spread is way too much, you know, and now that I'll say that, they'll probably beat him by 35. <laughs> I don't know, but – Wait till um, Swanee's prediction. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> we got 60, baby. I'm going to I'm gonna say uh, NDSU I, – I have no faith in, in Davis's defense sustainable for four quarters, so 42 – to 20. I'll give Davis a few more points this time around. All right. Now I'm, I'm going to go with North Dakota state. Big day for the Bison. I don't think Davis is going to be able to handle North Dakota state's physicality. It might be tight early, a 17 to seven thing kind of hanging around there. The end of the day, I'm thinking Bison 49, 49er. Should we go the 49er to 14 folks? I, I want to let you know a special Bison fan. That means a lot to a bunch of people. Landon Solberg lost his battle with, I shouldn't say lost his battle with cancer. Cancer took his life, but but he was the victor in that battle, setting an example for all of us. And his, uh, his funeral service is this Monday, starting at 6 p.m. at Shields Arena in Fargo. And the family has asked that Bison Nation turn out wearing their Bison gear, audience of one gear, Eagles or Broncos gear. So say a prayer and wrap your arms around that family, Travis, uh, Andrea, Emery, and Griffin, because they're awfully special bison, and they embody, when we say the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd, that's what Landon Solberg was all about, setting an example for so many of us. So our thoughts and prayers are with those guys this morning. So let's turn out on Monday, support them, and remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd.